the 436th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added pick of Scorchers where you can win 100 times your entry. That's right, turn $5 into $500 in just one game. Plus, every Sunday they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. We're also brought to you by Game Time Last Minute Tickets. Download the Game Time app account and use code cfbx for twenty dollars off your first purchase and next we're brought to you by hall of fame bets the sports betting research platform for parlays player props and game lines download the hall of fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code sgpn to get 50 percent off your first month and start making smarter bets today and finally we're brought to you by our three thousand dollar nfl second chance survivor contest Presented by Corey Pinkston in the Barking Dogs property. Feel free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. Hi, yo, Degenerinos. Welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network episode four. 36 goes out to YouTube because YouTube's finally great again and they have allowed us on their platform. Yes, you can see us now if you choose to see us again. You can also listen to the music again. <laughs> Gumby's playing the theme song over top of me talking. Which is the technical difficulties of the first time of YouTube. Enjoy those of you in the yes. uh, the pure listening space. You're probably wondering yes. what the hell's going on. <laughs> it's Gumby screwing up. I already We already recorded seven minutes and then I X'd out the recording. So now we're back again. And I'll use the same joke as before. I am the ghost of Jeff Fox because I haven't got the lighting figured out yet in here to record. Um, thank you for coming to the show. Whether you're listening or watching, thank you for coming. We have a UFC event to cover, a big one. UFC 294 in Abu Dhabi is this weekend. So let's bring, I, I want to bring in my co-host, but you obviously, if you're watching, you can see him. He's already there. Actually, he's already spoken too because he messed up. It's one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland, not a ghost. Uh, yeah, not a go. Do you think it's because you're just like more pale than I am, or do you think Probably. it's because I'm Canadian? You, yeah, we don't yeah, tan. Yeah, yeah. I, I assume. Well, there's no sun up there, so you have nothing no. to tan, which is the biggest no. issue. True. And then, um, yeah. So, sorry about the music thing. Uh, we are now, since we are now on YouTube, you guys can enjoy our faces and stuff like that. We're now dealing with a slightly enjoy different our faces. Yeah. We're, we're now dealing with a slightly different recording platform. So like we're working our way through the kinks. So if you happen to hear the theme music twice or there's like a weird delay between the theme music and when we should be talking, like just bear with us. This is uh slightly new, but we're going to get, we're going to get it down. Uh, especially as we, we get really, really good at this, which I'm sure we're yes. of course going to do. Of course. Cause I'm so, we're so good at it already. It took 436 <laughs> episodes. We're so amazing at podcasting. Should we have the, uh, should we fake the conversation we had already, already recorded? Yeah. And, so we, 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 whole well, I mean, we could, we can openly admit we've already had this recording, uh, <laughs> happen before, but we wanted to talk about, yes, we want to uh, talk about, uh, God, the God, CSAC you, California, California state athletic commission released video of their judges discussing, um, some fights after the last Bellator event. Um, some perspective on this um california state uh, that's one of the best commissions around that they seem to be um the most progressive they, they do like uh weigh-ins the day of the weigh-in after the fact to, to show you how many how much weight fighters have gained stuff like that and they, they they're trying to restrict weight cutting so, so they seem to be one of the most uh progressive commissions around but boy <laughs> they did not come off too good in, in that recording 
Yeah, and and uh, you know, I, I'll keep this short and sweet. But the biggest issue is is just that like it's a bunch of people who don't usually talk to the media and don't usually have their conversations recorded, and you're shoving a camera in their face, and then you like obviously snipped out the piece that makes them look the dumbest, right? Like that that's what the media does. They want. They, we, we want that narrative that like all judges are idiots because then, you know, it, it tracks with what we've been trying to say better. And, you know, we get to complain about our bets not hitting and things like that. So, yeah, I, I think that all of that's a problem. I still think if you gave these guys a closed door and a little bit more time to think and not a camera shoved in their face, they probably sound better. But also like, look, they're they're not people who talk for a living. They're people who judge fights for a living. So let's let's give them a little grace on that. Yeah. Now the fight they were talking about. Do you remember it was was it Kai Kamaka? I think they were saying. Did you did you watch that fight? Were they what they saying? Did it ring true? Because I I couldn't tell. Like I said, what they said may have been uh, they may have been having the right take on it, but <laughs> it was a de- it was a delivery that uh, made you think. Well, these guys don't know what they're doing. So first of all, you know the answer to that question. It was a Bellator event. Did I watch? Yeah, it? you didn't watch it. <laughs> one one uh, thing that he does not watch is Bellator. He watches everything. Yeah, fight. yeah. I, I watch. I watch uh, Samurai Fight House. I watch Mark, or Muradov. Uh, what is that? Muradov Fight Team. Professional Fight, fight Supplement. Or, What's the new one I found? Remember, there's a new one. Oh yeah, Happy, Ele- Happy Elephant. Happy uh, Elephant. Yes, Happy <laughs> Elephant MMA something. Yeah, it was like MMA yes. fun. It was like MMA fun or something. It wasn't even like yes. fight related. Uh, yeah, no, I'll watch yeah. all that. Bellator, I usually don't watch because of the mismatches. But I'll say this, you know, and, and I didn't see the fight, so I'm completely unqualified to talk about it. Kai Kamako's fights are always feel like they're a coin blip. Uh, yeah. So if it was a hard one to talk about, no shit, it's Kai Kamaka. The guy uh, loves to get hit, and he loves to hit people. I remember his fight with Tony Kelly, which I think was a coin flip. Um, so, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's one of those ones where – Sure. Uh, they they could have looked sounded like geniuses. They could have sounded like morons. Yep. It's Happy Elephant MMA Champions League is what it is. So. <laughs> Fantastic. We got to cover that sometime. That'd be great. Um, not this week, though. This week, UFC 294, like I said. We're going to do the prelims today, early prelims, prelims, and then the, the pay-per-view tomorrow after I tell you about some of our lovely sponsors that keep us in your eye holes and your ear holes. We'll start with... The Mothership, the SGPN, SGPN Second Chance Survivor, and NFL Gambling Podcast Review Contests are on right now. Are you already knocked out of your NFL Survivor? Don't worry. We got you covered with the SGPN Second Chance Survivor. Presented by Corey Pinkston and Barking Dog Properties. 3000 bucks are up for grabs. Winner take all. Start this weekend, so sign up now. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Survivor. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Survivor. And the NFL Gambling Podcast is having a giveaway as well. NFL Gambling Podcast guys are doing a review contest. Leave an Apple Podcast review with your favorite touchdown-related bet for this weekend. The biggest winner gets a $50 SGPN gift card. Make sure to include your YouTube username in the review so we can contact the winner. And finally, Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go 5 for 5 and pick them Scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100 times your payout. And for a limited time, Underdog is extending the first deposit bonus up to 500 bucks. So get in there while you can. $1,000, $100,000. I almost gave away 1000 It's 100000 to give away every Sunday. Uh, continues on Underdog Fantasy. 10 lucky winners will win 10000 bucks each week there. Uh, your Cowboys came through. They're a bunch of cheaters, though. I watched them. Uh, <laughs> some of the game last night was just flag after flag after flag. But do you have an Underdog pick? 
Cowboys related uh, this week or not? Or is it MMA? Oh, well, like the Cowboys are on by, so it's going to be hard to pick the Cowboys okay. on this one. So I'll say uh, I, I like the over on the, and, and you can see it right there on your screen. I'll take the higher yep. than on Kamzat Shemaev's fight time for 10 minutes. Uh, I think that that fight goes into the third. There you go. There is your MMA pick. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over an Underdog Fantasy mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to 500 bucks. It's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. All right. You ready to jump into it? I'm ready to jump into it. <laughs> Let's do it. UFC 294, October 21st. That would be Saturday. Etihad Arena, Abu Dhabi. UAE no longer fight Island. It is now the Etihad arena. Um, all right. This is going down in there, that, that part of the world's time zone. So it may work for, for some people um, listening and may not be convenient for others, but we got the early prelims kicking off at 10 AM Eastern on the East coast. Uh, our friend in the discord, Jong is going to have to set an alarm. I guess he doesn't sleep anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be 7 AM for him on the West coast. And we're starting with the prelims. It's on ESPN plus from, what I gather, and we're going to start off. Uh, these cards are full of fighters that you're going to say, Oh, that person's still in the UFC. Yes, that person is still in the UFC, <laughs> at least the prelim, at least the prelim portion. Um, n- not these two people, one of these people are new. It's middleweights, Chart Butin Magomedov versus Bruno Silva, and they are at middleweights. Like I said, we're going to tell you about Silva first. Blindado, aka Armored, is his nickname 23 9, 23 9, 20 knockouts, seven times he's been submitted so that seems to be his achilles heel there four and three in the ufc one and three over his last four he's broken our hearts over the last four fights or so for sure uh, did lose his last fight via submission was the m1 champion before this uh ufc endeavor uh 2010 pro mma debut plus 215 mega bullet is the nickname doesn't he go by bullet instead of mega Medov? does he, go Sh- by Sh- he goes by shara bullet yeah shara bullet shara bullet um noticeable he has one eye so that is an interesting thing about him um if and he's scary enough looking to begin with but now he only has one eye too he's 11 and 0 with 10 knockouts this is his ufc debut he won his last fight via knockout he's got multiple regional championships on his mantle correct get the shirt sports podcast.com slash store used to fight up at light heavyweight pro kickboxing he is done two inches taller than silva five years younger minus 250 go ahead tell us about shara bullet and make a pick um, so first of all, he is the second fighter we've talked about on this show with only one eye. Um, did you know that? <laughs> Probably. Is it one yeah, of your grandparents, it, the other one? Or? No, no. <laughs> not fighters. They're not fighters. No. Um, okay. no, we, we talked about regional fighter Dre Miley too, the one eyed dragon. Okay. Um, yeah, he's also only got one eye, thus the nickname. Uh, sure. Bullet. Let's talk about him. Uh, electric, you know, like just one of those guys who is, I mean, you'll see the last name and you'll be like, oh, yeah, he's probably got great grappling. Nope. He is an electric striker with crazy good knees in the clinch, tons of spinning stuff. I mean, like he, he's got all of the things in a striking game to be really, really exciting and also be really lethal. Um, I mean, like like you just said with his record, 11-0, and 0, he's actually got more wins than that. But if you look at his record, he's got a whole bunch of modified mma rule fights like in like you know those are what they are you know like you can put as much stock in that as or as little stock in that as you want i'm not sure what the modified rules are but i will tell you he's got knockouts in those too so like he's got a crazy kickboxing style and when you put him up against blindado here bruno silva is a good striker right like that we've said that time and time again but like 
he's slower than Shara Bullet. He's going to be hittable. I mean, we saw in the Brendan Allen fight, right? Like Brendan Allen touched him on the feet. And if Brendan Allen is hitting you on the feet and then you get up against a kickboxer, it's not going to go better. You know what I mean? So I I really like the price here on Shara Bullet. I actually think the price could be higher. Negative uh, 250 just doesn't seem steep enough for me. So uh, yeah, give me, give me Shara Bullet out the gate. Despite all of what you said, I am taking the knew, underdog here. I knew you were. Did gonna you do know that. it? Yeah, I don't Did know you? why. Is it <laughs> wh- okay? So, so uh, fill me in here. Is it the level of competition? Yes, Bruno Silva. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. All right, cool. I know you well enough. Four hundred thirty-six episodes. <laughs> yeah, you, you should know by now. Yes, it's the resume. Obviously, it's not just fully a resume pick. Um, Silva basically has, if you look, other than Alex Pereira, he loses to grapplers, grappler first type fighters, even if they do. Uh, if you know if they can beat him up in the feet, like Brendan Allen, like you said, usually grapplers he loses to, uh, like his experience better. Um, yeah, the it, Share Bullet has not fought anyone good, unless unless there's someone hidden in his resume that I'm overlooking who has a crappy record, but they're really uh secretly good. Um, so I'll I'll, I'll take known commodity, even though he has broken my heart a few times in the past. Uh, I'll go back to the Silver Well one more time for for a nice number. Yeah, hard hard dog out the gate for you. That's not usually yeah, your style. It's it's going to be an interesting event, let me tell you. I heard some of your picks on your other show, Top Turtle, and uh, I've got some weird picks. So, yes, it'll be an interesting one. First one in the video is going to be interesting. All right, let's move to women's strawweights. Shall we? Victoria Dudakova versus Jin Fry. Yes, Jin Fry still in the UFC. Um, she, Ms. Fry, Mrs. Fry. 11 and 9, one knockout, two submissions. She's been knocked out three times, submitted once, two and five in the UFC, 0 and 3 over her last three. It's not one since July of 2021. Used to fight down at Adam Weight. Bring Adam Weight back or bring it actually to the UFC, please. And thank you. Has missed weight a couple times or she'd missed weight a couple times at Adam Weight. She's good to go now that she's up at Straw Weight. 7 and 2 in Invicta and was the champion at 105 pounds there. Multiple region championships on her mantle. Crack, get the shirt, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. 2013 Pro MMA debut, twice more active than Dudakova. Uh, she's been, Fry's been outstruck in the UFC by 1.16 strikes a minute. She's at plus 400. Dudakova, 7 and 0, two knockouts, four submissions. She uh, 1 0 in the UFC, 1 0 in contender series. Two inches taller than Fry, two inches of reach on her, 14 years younger than her. Uh, she has been outstruck over her two fights inside the octagon by 0.39 strikes a minute, minus 500. Dudakova obviously is the pick here. She's being set up with uh, Fry here. Um, I wish Fry had uh, retired after that nasty knockout a couple fights ago, but she did not. Now she's being fed to someone 14 years younger than her and way bigger than her. So Dudakova is the obvious pick. Yeah, I'm with you on Dudakova. I don't know necessarily that I love negative 500 because she's kind of unproven no. too, right? Like if if we're talking resumes, you're right. Like her resume is still even a little better because she's got a, you know, she beat Maria Silva and she beat some other, you know, was it Estella Nunez? She dislocated her elbow. Um, yes. You know, Last so like, night. yeah, so she, she's got some decent names on her resume and Jinu Fry doesn't have a ton of them. So I, I'm a little bit hesitant on pulling the trigger on negative 500 because of the resume i i still think dudakova shown enough and the other thing is too is just like what's tricky for jinu fry when she can't be the tougher more physical fighter right like she beat yeah. she, she beat people who she could kind of manhandle and then she had a lot of trouble with like i mean like she couldn't even really manhandle vanessa demopolis like demopolis didn't get a ton of takedowns but she did like clinch her and push her around and then wind up striking more because she had clinched her and pushed her around. And 
you know, I, I don't think Vanessa Demopoulos is as strong as Dudakova. So, yeah, I, I think this is a good spot for Dudakova. Like a lot of these fights, it sort of feels like they're just setting up the dude, or in this case, lady, to uh, to, to pick up a big win. Just setting up the dude, Akova, for a big win here. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey there we go. Dad jokes translate to video, too. All right, featherweight time. Nathaniel Wood versus Muhammad Naimov. Uh, let's get to the, that correct part of my spreadsheet, shall we? We're going to tell you about Naima first, who was a guest on Talk Turtle MMA podcast this week. Gumby interviewed him. Hillman is the nickname. Nine and two, four knockouts, three submissions, never been finished in a fight. One and only UFC, 0-1 in contender series. Won his last fight via TKO. He's won four straight fights. He's not lost since February 2021. Used to fight at lightweight, three inches taller than Wood, an inch reach on him, a year younger. He's been outstruck over his UFC and contender series fights by 2.05 strikes a minute. He's at plus 270. Wood, the prospect, is the nickname, despite being older than the person he is fighting. The prospect is 20 and 5, 20 5, nine knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. Seven and two in the UFC, three and over his last three, four and one over his last five. Has not lost since October of 2020. Used to fight at Bantamweight, was the Cage Warriors champion, one and no in Bellator, 2012 pro MMA debut. Better striking stats, better grappling stats, and more active landing strikes than Naimov is in the octagon. And Wood has a positive strike differential, easy for me to say, of 1.89 strikes a minute. He's at minus 325. So I'm going to go dog here. Whoa. Uh, I'm going to go feeling because you had him on your show. Well, and, and it's, not, put people on your show. it's not just that I, I had him on my show. Although part of the reason I had him on my show is because I kind of yeah. like him in this spot. Yeah, I reached yeah, out to his I, manager. Manager's a real good guy. I hadn't done a lot of work with his manager before. But, like, if you look at the issues that Naimov has had in the past, and, and you could count the Malarkey fight if you want, although the Malarkey fight happened up at lightweight and on super short notice. So, like, any time he looked bad in that fight, I kind of attribute it to, like, that's not his weight class. Jamie Malarkey's a big-ass lightweight, and uh, he's usually a, you know, this guy's usually a featherweight. So, like, you can sort of throw that one out. And then in addition to that, like any of the issues he's had has largely been grappling based, right? Like Malarkey kind of forced him to grapple a little bit. You know, if you want to go back to his time on Contender Series, which at this point in time is, you know, over three years ago, he, he lost in, in largely a grappling decision. Um, and, and I think for me, I can't imagine Wood, especially at this weight class, taking him down a ton. Wood is kind of falling in love with his hands and especially his quickness at featherweight. Like that's what gets him by at featherweight because he used to do it at bantamweight and he like was the same speed as people. And now up at featherweight, he trusts his hands. He trusts his speed. He trusts all those types of things. And with Naimov, I don't think Naimov's going to outstrike him. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination he's going to outstrike him, but I think he needs one. Uh, He needs one punch to land because this dude hits so freaking hard for a featherweight. I mean, we saw it at lightweight last time. He went out and knocked out Jamie Malarkey, and he knocked him out cold, right? So for him to already be knocking out dudes who are way bigger than him, and now he's fighting a guy who's a weight class lower than him. He's going to go from fighting 55ers to 35ers in like a blink of an eye. Man, I I do think he can turn the lights off on Nathaniel Wood. I I think that that one-punch power is worth this like big, what would you say, plus two? 70 plus 270 price tag. Yeah, like yeah. I, it, it, I'm i not necessarily saying gun to my head. I definitely pick him, um, but I think it's it's basically a coin flip. So I, I'll take the power, the coin flip, and the plus 270. Now that people can see us, they know there's no gun to your head. 
So no, it is per, a proverbial just, just, gun to your head. Just Chuck Liddell. That's all. Yeah. Chuck Liddell. It's the ice, the ice gun. Uh, I'm going wood, of course, because this is going to be a very. We're, we're going to differ a lot, I think. On on, uh, we're just not going to make any episodes, of the so. same picks. <laughs> no, we're not going to make any of the same picks. Uh, yeah, I, I like wood wood better, obviously. Who he's beaten, what he's done, uh, his, his all-around game. I like Wood better here, but probably not, especially with you picking Nyamov. I'm probably not uh, interested in a minus 325 line on Wood, though. So um, I think the next one we're probably going to probably gonna link up on. It is the main event of the prelims. Mike Breeden in the main event. Uh, lightweights, Mike Breeden, not the guy that used to work for me, versus Anshul Jubilee. Uh, let's, let's scroll up. I think I'm going to tell you about Breeden first. Pretty sure he's the underdog here. Uh, money, Mike, <laughs> Bre- money, Mike Breeden, 10 and six with eight knockouts. He's been knocked out himself three times. Oh, and three in the UFC lost his last fight via TKO. Has not won since May of 2021 has missed weight before. I think that was a couple fights ago. Oh, one on contender series. One and on Bellator used to fight at 170. an inch of reach on Jubilee. He's been outstruck in the UFC by one point and contender series by 1.80 strikes a minute. Better grappling stats than Jubilee, plus 250. Jubilee, king of lions, 7-0. Two knockouts, one submission. He's been one known in the UFC, one known road to the UFC. He won the championship of the season he was on the road to UFC. Uh, one is Won that fight via DKO, the championship fight. Two inches taller than Breeden, six years younger, better striking stats, more active landing strikes. And he's got a positive uh, strike differential over his uh, road to fights of Plus 0.89 strikes a minute. So he outstrikes his opponent almost a strike a minute. And he's at minus 275. Um, obviously, Breeden shouldn't even be in the UFC anymore. So uh, give me give me Jubilee. He, he looked good. In the, not that he was fighting a, a murderer's row of, of competition. And he only squeaked by in his original, his opening fight in row two uh, by split decision. But Jubilee is good enough to, meet, to beat uh, Mike Breeden, I believe. So give me him here. Yeah, and, and you're right. He did squeak by in his first fight, but in the finals, he fought Jekka Sarigi. And yep. the, the UFC decided Jekka was good enough to keep around. He's got a fight coming up yeah. with, I want to say, Jesse Butler. I want to say that fight is. So, like, the UFC thinks the guy he beats good enough to hang around with. So, uh, you know, obviously, he beat a decent level of opponent. The other thing is just the style matchup here. It's so obvious, right, that the, the UFC likes what they have in in uh, Anshul Jubilee. Mostly just because, like, they don't have anybody in that Indian market who can kind of be the flag bearer for him. And so they found him an opponent who can't stop his wrestling, right? Because that's the thing about Anshul Jubilee. Anshul Jubilee, good wrestler. The rest of his game, yeah, it looks like it needs to be evened out, especially at lightweight, where, you know, everybody's got, like, all kinds of different skills. And he is a guy who wrestles super well. He's fighting Mike Breeden, who got taken down nine times by Natan Levy. I mean, like, what more to say than that? Like, sick Levy, burn, dude, yeah. sick burn. Well, and and I, I'm not even hating on Natan Levy. He's just not a wrestling expert, right? Like, the thing I like about yeah. Natan Levy the most is his kickboxing. You know, like he's an incredible yep. kickboxer, and he took Mike Breeden down nine times. So, like, you know, Jubilee's gonna take him down. He's probably gonna ground and pound him out. Uh, give give me Jubilee here. And Jubilee is a very uh, important fighter to the UFC because he is from India. And is he the only Indi- fighter from India on the roster currently? The only, I think they the just signed I... a female fighter. Really? I, I don't know yeah, that for sure. Yeah, I just saw but, a headline. But... Yeah. Okay. Okay. There you go. Two. <laughs> Two. So, yes. So, I'm sure that they're going to feed him some winnable fights. Not that there's ever any layups in the UFC, but they'll probably give him some some winnable fights. Uh, manageable matchups uh, going forward and see what the man can do. All right. 
good time. And we finished the early prelims. We're going to jump into the main prelim portion after I tell you about game time. All this money, we're going to help you win here. You can uh, take your special someone out to a to an event via game time because game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals and tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more, a.k.a. MMA. Game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea in the Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Start all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right, we did the research for the main prelims and we shall jump into it right now with a middleweight fight. Oh, this is a 10 a.m. Eastern. uh, No, sir, this one would be noon Eastern if you're on the East Coast as we are nine if you're in Jong time zone. Uh, middleweights, Abu Azatar versus Cedricius Dumas kick things off. We're going to tell you about Azatar first. He's Captain Morocco. He's 14-3-1, seven knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out twice himself. One and one in the UFC, five and one over his last six, nine one and one over his last 11. He did lose his last fight. That was way back in March of 2021. Let's check out the stat for that, shall we? Fighters who have been out of the cage at least a, month, a year, excuse me. Does ring rust exist or is Dominic Cruz correct? 46% hit, uh, win rate for fighters who have been out of the cage for a year. And that's uh, historically, and for this year, it is 47%. So right along the same. Um, same number. So I guess Dominic Cruz is not is not correct. Imagine that. Um, all right. Azatar has not won a fight since July of 2018. 2-0 World Series of Fighting used to fight up at welterweight, or down, excuse me, at welterweight. Regional champion, 20, 2009 Pro MMA debut. Three times more active landing strikes than Dumas is. He has been, uh, Azatar has been outstruck, though, over his two-fight UFC career by 0.14 strikes a minute. He's at plus 200. Dumas, the Reaper, Sadiq Gris. Doesn't really need a nickname with a cool name like that, but he's the Reaper. He is 8-1, four knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted once. 1-1 one one in the UFC, 1-0 one contender series, won his last fight. He's fight up at light heavyweight, so we got a light heavy, former light heavyweight versus a former welterweight. Five inches taller than Azatar, three inches of reach. So there you go. That makes sense with the weight uh, class differences before. And he's nine years younger. He's got better striking stats, better grappling stats, and he's barely outstruck his three opponents in the octagon by plus 0.08 strikes a minute. He's at minus 225. And this would be Gumpy. So I'm, I'm going dog here. I'm going to Buzai, Zaitar. And, and here's the thing. I, I think this, the stats are slightly skewed in this fight for a couple of reasons. Number one, the, the Buzai, Zaitar being outstruck stat is literally just the third round of that Marc-Andre Barrio fight. Right? Marc-Andre Barrio got his ass kicked by Abu Zaitar for two straight rounds only to have Abu completely run out of gas 
and eat like a billion punches in that third round and wind up losing. And for me, you know, like is, 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 you know, gas tank a little bit alarming. Absolutely. His gas tank's definitely alarming to me, but I don't know that like Cedricus Dumas is the type of guy who can like push you to the edge of your gas tank. I mean, like he didn't even really, you, you know, you, you mentioned a boo strikes at a higher clip. He didn't even really put a pace on Josh Fremd. Josh Fremd was piecing up Cedricus Dumas on the feet. And if you've watched any of Abu fight, Abu is a much, much, much faster striker than somebody like Josh Fremd. Josh Fremd is a grappler who just happened to land a bunch of strikes in that fight. So I think Abu Zaitar is going to be faster. He's obviously got the knockout power. Dumas does too, but like, I don't know. I, I think Dumas winds up being more hittable here, and, and Abu Azaitar looks much, much better. So, yeah, give me the dog money on Abu Azaitar. Differing again, of course. Uh, I'm not a fan of the line, though. Uh, I think this is a closer fight. Obviously, if we're if we're both taking different sides, it should be a closer fight um, than, than what it is on the boards. Um, guy with the gas tank issues who hasn't fought in uh, over a year and a half. Uh, yeah, but he's got those magic that's... potatoes, though. You forgot oh, that's about that's true. The he's potato. a potato guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like him. It's way bigger, way younger. Um, more momentum on his side, if that even matters in, in fighting. I don't know. I don't have a stat what, on momentum, but... What, was he was he supposed to fight Cedricus Dumas in that potato fight? <laughs> uh, we'll have to check topology for that one. I think he was supposed to fight Cedricus Dumas when he, he smuggled the potatoes in. I was just going to tell you, tell the people about the potatoes while I look it up. Yeah, yeah. so he like are, are, are new to this. He had somebody smuggle him a duffel bag through like the uh, the no fly zone of of Abu Dhabi, and uh, so they got him this like duffel bag he very badly needed, and nobody could tell you what was in the duffel bag. They just got it on like camera, and then after the fact, he was like, "Oh, it was potatoes," but like they removed him for his from his fight for violating the uh the like quarantine policies of abu dhabi so uh yeah. i mean draw your own conclusions about what was in the bag but it certainly wasn't potatoes <laughs> magic potatoes no dumas he was supposed to fight earlier this year march he was supposed oh, okay. to fight him originally um he had a fight with buckley joke and buckley canceled and alessio de chirico canceled so it could have been so one, one of those in 2020 okay. yes all right so you that is the uh abu azayatar lore you know it now and gumby and i are on the different page again. I think we're going to sync back up here. I just have a feeling because one of our boys are fighting here. One of our <laughs> friends, the, sh the snow leopard, not a personal friend, a friend of the, uh, it, we're fans of that would be Javid Basharat. He's, he's at Banaway. He's fighting Victor Henry. And we'll tell you about Henry first. La Mangusta. Mangosta. Is the mongoose. The, the mongoose. Yes. We got mongoose versus the snow leopard. Obviously you're going to pick the snow leopard, right? Or a mongoose I, is vicious. I've never met a mongoose or a snow yeah, leopard for that matter. Yeah, me neither really outside of a zoo. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's no mongoose roaming around your backyard in the wilds. None that I've seen. But if there was, <laughs> if there was, you, your dad would be able to tame it, right? If it was a mongoose. Yeah, probably. Or a, yeah, uh, the, the bear whisper. Yeah. For people who have, weren't listening back then, uh, Gumby's dad used to, used, he used to talk to, Bears would come up on your porch and he would have the <laughs> door open. He'd be like inviting them in. Is that not correct? That's that's Basically. roughly that's roughly the story. <laughs> yeah. Yes, there you go. All right. Let's get back on track. <laughs> Henry, 23 and six, six knockouts, eight submissions. He's never even finished himself. So that's that's some durability. This is his 30th fight he's going into here. So 
you know, that means Gumby, he's due to get finished, right? Right, Yon, uh, Yanni? He, he owes us finishes. <laughs> he owes us finishes. All right, Henry's 2-1 in the UFC. 3-1 and one over his last four. 11-2 over his last 13. So he is on a nice, uh, later in his career uh, run here. Uh, did win his last fight. Multi-Richard Championships on his. Mantle. Correct. Get that shirt. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. 2010 Pro MMA debut. More active landing strikes than Basharat. He's got a positive strike differential of 2.69 strikes a minute. So that's very impressive. He's a plus 450. The book's not impressed by it too much. Uh, the Snow Leopard is Basharat. 14-0, 5 knockouts, 6 submissions. 3-0 in the UFC. 1-0 contender series. Was a regional champion. He's fight at featherweight. Uh, 2 inches of height, 1 inch of reach on Henry. 8 years younger. Better striking stats, better grappling stats. He's got an even better strike differential. He outstrikes his UFC and contender series opponents by 3.34 strikes a minute. Minus 550. Obviously, Basharat is my pick. Um, he's he's legit. And uh, I think he'll... He, Henry, obviously, is a tough customer. Never been finishing a fight. Extremely experienced as well. And on a very very hot streak. So the number is probably a little little skewed up here. But um, I think Basharat's going to come through. I don't think it's skewed. The big issue is that Henry's got no takedown defense. Um, I, I mean, like... Yeah. And maybe none is a little bit of a stretch. Because he is... No, I take that back. Uh, I got the stats in front of me now, which I now have to do on my phone instead of another window. He has a zero percent. Oh no, that's zero percent takedown accuracy. Seventy nine percent takedown defense, which I guess is not bad. But like, he most of that is just that he stuffed fourteen of seventeen takedowns against Tony Gravely. Oh and yeah, like, wow. Yeah, like like three cool, of seventeen. Yeah. Gravely was well. Wow. Yeah, that's which isn't that's not real great, but you know like. Rafael Asuncao scored a bunch of takedowns on him. And, you know, I kept, you know, we don't think Asuncao is a big takedown artist. Randy Barcelos got takedowns in that fight. Like, we're just talking about a guy who concedes takedowns up against a guy who's phenomenal at taking people down. And the thing that, you know, we're, you know, kind of the, the elephant in the room about this fight, too, is Javid Basharat is not just good at taking people down. Javid Basharat is an expert at holding people down. So like even in that Tony Gravely fight or that Rafael Asuncao fight or, you know, whatever of those fights you want to talk about, those guys took him down, but then didn't have a good time keeping him there. And that's why he won two out of three of them. It, then you take somebody like Javid Basharat and just doesn't let you up. I, I can't imagine Henry has a good time with that. Not to mention Basharat is like also a very good striker. Henry's a little bit erratic, but I don't think that that bothers Basharat at all. In fact, he'll probably open up more avenues for takedowns. So yeah, I like Basharat. I don't even think the number's that bad. Is the elephant in the room a happy elephant? That's an MMA ha champion. Happy, happy elephant MMA championship league. <laughs> <laughs> and you may as well have all those tabs open on your on your laptop because you're still laggy as hell. So uh, I'm going to blame things you. off your phone. Doesn't matter. I'm going to blame me. you. Uh, and Probably it is me. And pray that this I, recording I sounds good. On We're soldiering platform. on. <laughs> I don't pay attention when Gumby talks anyway. I just look for his lips to, to stop, stop moving now. And then I know it's my turn. Um, lightweights, Mohammed Yaya versus Trevor peak. Do you know Yaya's full name? Gumby. I don't. I had is it it like seven? He's got a really long yeah. name. <laughs> So you don't yeah, know it either. Not, <laughs> not off, and and it's uh, the Yaya is not spelled like he spells it like Ronnie Yaya Y A H Y A, but that's not what his birth name is spelled. Apparently, it's Y A Y A. He's Muhammad Yaya Saeed Juma Sanaid. There you go. Okay, that's his full name, but it's Y A Y A. So is that Americanizing it? Put an N H in there. I don't know. <laughs> it, isn't that Brazilian though? Because we we got honey. Yeah, that's true. Honey Yaya is Brazilian. That's true. Um, all right. Anyhow, Yaya is 12 and three, seven knockouts, two submissions. He's 
but knocked out once, submitted twice. So finished in both of his losses. This is his UFC debut. So Gumby can tell us about him, hopefully. He's won five straight fights in seven of his last eight. He has not lost since November of 2020. Was a retail champion. Went one and one in Bellator. Poured a little liquor almost for Bellator. Uh, used to fight at welterweight and down at featherweight. Three inches of reach on peak, plus 140. Trevor Peak, eight knockouts, one submission. He's been he's knocked out all eight of his opponents that he's beaten. He's, he himself has never been finished. One and one in the UFC, one and all in contender series. Lost his last fight. Minus 155. That's all I got for him. Go ahead. I'm a little bit disappointed that Trevor Peak is not still an underdog because if you got this, I thought Friday, he was going to be. Did he open he got, an underdog? He, he was. He was an underdog like Monday, uh, like like Sunday and Monday. He was an underdog. Now he's all the way up to negative. I was excited. I thought, uh, oh boy, I was going to get an underdog pick here. But yeah, and, and and I'm going Trevor Peak too. So I mean, you obviously just spoiled it for yourself, but I'm also going Trevor Peak. For those who don't know Muhammad Yaya, he's a kickboxer first of all, and he's a guy who does a lot of counter striking. He does a lot of backing up waiting for his opponent to throw and then trying to counter him. And that, I mean, obviously that can work against Trevor peak, but like, you're not putting Trevor peak out. Like until somebody knocks Trevor peak out, I'm going to trust Trevor peaks chin. It's going to be like the same thing. Like we were talking about court McGee all those years until who is it? Jeremiah Wells knocked him out. I think that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And until Jeremiah Wells knocked court McGee out cold, I was like, nobody's knocking court McGee out. Court McGee's not going out. I feel that way about Trevor peak. Now until I see somebody put Trevor peak cold, I, I don't believe anybody can do it. So this guy's going to backpedal and try to like counter strike Trevor peak in route to a decision. Like, I, I don't know that that'll work. And in addition to that, the last one of his fights that I watched, he looked gassed in the third. He looked tired in the third. So if you're fighting somebody else with that style and you're getting tired, dude, I got some bad news when you're fighting Trevor Peak because, dude, that guy just keeps coming. So, uh, yeah, I like Trevor Peak here. I don't even think the negative 155 is bad. Obviously, I would have liked to have the, you know, plus 120 that Sunday or Monday had. But, yeah, I like Trevor Peak even at this number. You can't counter-strike if you're not conscious, right? Yeah, I mean, and then Trevor Peak hit one of those those stupid hammer fists, which is exactly. I mean, it was exactly. Perfect. I was thinking, I was thinking, is he the hammer guy? I, I started, yeah. uh, I started questioning myself, but yes, he is the hammer fist man. He's the best, and he's gonna uh, have Therese are... Finney in his corner too. Uh, for that, oh, yeah, Therese cool. Finney, who should have gotten a contract in the first place, uh, will be out yeah. there cornering him. Oh, he needs more experience, Dan. It's just, I'm not gonna. <laughs> All right, we're going to the main event. Main event time of the prelims. Flyweight Tim Elliott versus Mohamed Mokayev. It's good to see Flyweights in a kind of a uh, a feature spot here. All right, Elliott, 19, 12, and 1. Three knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted five times. Eight and 10 in the UFC over two stints. However, he's won two straight fights and four of five, so he's on a roll. It was that, that wife of his that was dragging him down, apparently, Dan. Uh, he's not lost since October of 2021. Used to fight uh, down at Bantamweight or up at Bantamweight because he's a flyweight. Four and all in the Ultimate Fighter and the champion. Even though he's not really, he's not listed as a champion, but he, he won that season. Uh, yeah, because he did win. It was Demetrius Johnson won. Yeah. yeah, he technically didn't win in the finale, but he did win in the finale of the in-house tournament, which was when he beat right. uh, uh, Hiro, Hiro Okikobu was in the finals, right? If you say so, I don't remember him, but yes. Uh, he, Elliot, also a regional champion, 2009 pro MMA debut, three times more active than Mokayev. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.71 strikes a minute. That, that's that's impressive that he has a, pl- a positive strike differential and he's fought 
almost what this will be fight 19 in the UFC. So not a not a small sample size for this man at all. Uh, plus 350. The books not impressed. Mokayev, the Punisher, 10 0 with one no contest. Knockouts, five submission. He's submissions. He's won four straight fights. Three of those four have been via submission. He's fight up at Bantamweight. Is a wrestling champion. Uh, he's a very high level, national level uh, wrestling champ in Britain. Uh, four inches of reach on Elliott. 14 years younger. Better striking stats. Better grappling stats. Got a positive strike differential of 0.27. He's at minus 435. Here's one of my crazy swings, Dan. I'm going Tim Elliott. Plus 350. Uh, we're on the same page, my man. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. Mokayev didn't look good in his last fight. He ended up winning. He ended up winning via submission, which is what he does. But Tim Elliott is a tough guy to figure out, um, especially for a fighter rather new to the game, in, relatively speaking. Um, Elliott is a, a very difficult, awkward guy to fight. Good at basically all aspects. He's very good at, at grappling. That's where Mokayev makes his hay. Um, so yeah, I think Elliot's going to be able to, uh, and now that he's old, he's going to be even crazier than ever, even, even more awkward than ever. He's going to have to use the old man tricks and stuff. Uh, and he's on, on a nice little roll as well. So I think Elliot is worth a stab at plus 350. I, I think you're right. I, I think Tim Elliott makes a lot of sense at plus 350. And I'll say this too, is that, you know, you mentioned the last fight with Mohamed Mokayev, the one with Jafel Filo, who you know, had him in that knee bar and seemingly destroyed his knee. And, you know, everybody thought that fight was over and he didn't look good in scrambles. Like he got caught in scrambles looking bad because he is an excellent wrestler, but sometimes he just like doesn't quite know what he's doing in scrambles. And it's not just the Fialu fight either. You could go back to when he fought Malcolm Gordon. Malcolm Gordon beat him in a couple of scrambles too and wound up in good positions. And you were like, is Malcolm Gordon really on this dude's back right now? Like what the hell is going on? So if if you had trouble with scrambling with Fialu and Malcolm Gordon, like Tim Elliott is the king of scrambling. Tim Elliott scrambled with Demetrius Johnson and made himself look good in those cases. So like, I, I like the chance that Tim Elliott maybe doesn't scramble necessarily to a submission, but he scrambles to enough top positions to win time. And, you know, hey, what Tim Elliott did on the feet to, to Giro Lombikov, Kind of impressive, you know, like, yes, he was grabbing the gloves and doing some really dirty stuff. During old man tricks. Yeah, old man tricks. But, like, he put him up against the cage. He nullified the striking. He, he like, made him work really, really hard for everything he got. And he won a decision. And I think he could do that here against Mokayev. And I also think he could just submit him with Mokayev making a really dumb mistake in a scramble. Yep, it is. It is true. And is Mokayev's issue he's too he's overconfident in his wrestling. So he allows guys to get it, take advantage of him on the ground. Cause he thinks he's going to be able to get out, out of it. I think he's just one of those guys who his wrestling is so good, right? Like his, yeah. you mentioned his, his wrestling's really impressive, but that doesn't mean your jujitsu and all the pieces that go along with, you right. know, the judo and the Sambo and whatever other thing goes along with it is airtight. Right. So like sometimes you see him, you know, just overplow a double leg takedown. And as a result, you know, like the guy's body turns too much or something like that. And he winds up scrambling instead of just landing safely in side control. It's almost like his wrestling at times is too powerful for its own good. And he doesn't settle into positions. He's like a, I'd rather big slam you and hurt you that way than set you down carefully in a position that makes sense for me. So I think that's some of it. And also like, I mean, he's fought some guys who prefer to grapple. So like, you know, yeah. give some credit to Malcolm Gordon, give some credit to Jafel Filo. I just still don't think they're as good as Tim Elliott is. Yep. This is a definitely worth, obviously, we think it's worth a stab at plus 350, or we would not be recommending it to you. All right, let's recap 
then we'll get out of your ear holes and perhaps your eye holes. All right, Elliot, we're both in on as a big dog. We're both in on Peak as the slate favorite. Basharat, big favorite. Dan likes Azitar as a dog. I like Dumas as a favorite. Uh, then the early prelims, both like Jubilee as a fairly big, moderate favorite, we'll say. Uh, Wood, I like Wood as a bigger favorite. Gumby likes Naimov as a pretty big dog. We both like Dudakova as a very huge favorite. And in the opener, Dan likes Sharif Bullet Magomedov as a, as a moderate favorite. I like Silva as the moderate underdog. There you go. All right, we got this one in the books. We're going to be back on tomorrow. On tomorrow. That's good good English, but that's how we're going to roll out of this thing. In the meantime, Discord, obviously, is the place to be to find us. Sportsgumbypodcast.com slash Discord. Twitter, SGPN MMA. Gumby runs that. He's at Gumby Reeland. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer on Twitter, X, and on Instagram. I got a Substack. It's free. I got a free to enter pick'em contest on that Substack. So subscribe, enter the contest. Maybe you can win some stuff. It's money, mma.substack.com. Gummy's got Top Turtle MMA podcast, which we were discussing already here. He drops it once a week. I'm not on it. So there is a positive. And you don't have to look at anyone on it either, right? It's just for your ears currently. Just for your ears forever and always. (laughs) Forever and always. Who is on it this week? Uh, We talked to Mohamed Naimov, who we talked about his fight a little bit earlier on with Nathaniel Wood. And. I talked to Chris Lieben about MMA judging and refereeing. Yes, a very good interview. Gumby didn't fanboy out too much. He was very professional. Didn't uh, I was thinking you may have some. Um, I wasn't sure if you had uh, some of his paraphernalia behind you, but it looks like you don't. So that's good. You would have looked like a would have looked like a uh, a stand if you had done that. So that's good. Um, anyhow, Top Turtle is a place to be if you're not listening to us all right and then obviously sports and the patreon sports slash patreon help us crush corporate gambling we'll be back tomorrow with me Cheryl bullet fox and blindado vreeland will be there as well and we'll talk to you then bye